All right, everybody, welcome back to the Bottom of the Ninth Podcast. I'm your host, Elijah Rodriguez, and today we are back, well, sort of back again with, with the guy, Chase Andrews. What's going on, Chase? What is up, Elijah? What's up, man? I'm chilling. Chilling, man, dude. That's that's what's all about, dude. But yeah, so for yes. everyone who doesn't know, we actually talked before. We had a lot of technical difficulties, which made the cutting aspect of it kind of tough. So we figured we'd do it again, get some better connection, and get it rolling. Yeah? Yes, it was a good yeah. conversation last time. I thoroughly enjoyed it, but I can't imagine yeah. that. I mean, the editing process is probably yeah. radical. Dude, it was like there's some pieces that you were there, but some pieces you weren't. So I was like, okay, so I cut it. I cut it to the best. It was it was weird because when I started cutting it, you had reached out and was like, hey, we should do this. We should run it back again. And I was like, you know what? It probably makes better sense. Yes, That's that would look a lot yes. better because I'm doing this and like we're missing gaps in conversation to keep the video in one piece. And I was like, yeah, I don't know. we missed like good, we missed probably like 20 minutes of conversation that was just bit, just audio, which got weird. No, I would rather do this anyways. I enjoy it. Yeah, man. So for the people that don't know, so for the people that don't know you, obviously we're, we're approaching this like it was for the first time. Um, where mm-hmm. are you from, and have you been there your whole life? Where did you go to high school? All your a little bit of a small bio for everybody listening. Small bio, okay. Yeah, I'm gonna skip to what I would say is the important part. Yeah, that, I'm a, that makes sense. I'm a yeah, I'm a junior in college, and I just transferred to Kentucky Wesleyan. Okay, and I'm in Owensboro, Kentucky, and I up to this point was a pretty average to below average baseball player. Okay. And then I, I became so frustrated that I went to Walmart and I purchased a journal. And I would say that is the, <laughs> probably the, the turning the, the point. Beginning? At the beginning. That was the beginning. So okay. I wrote down all the things. I was like, man, I'm frustrated about this, 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 and this. And after I wrote it all out, I kind of saw like, well, there's, there's, I can fix this. I can work on mm-hmm. this. I can make this my own. Right. And then I went on to have a pretty good season for Kentucky Wesleyan. And then the next year was COVID. Okay. And then I stayed for another year. Yes. Ended up being a long, crazy stint. And then after that, I started training catchers and started stronghold. Yeah, I started stronghold. And that was, what, two years ago? So I've been training catchers ever since. That's crazy. Dude, you know what's mm-hmm. funny? I think I told you this last time. I think I've told you this every time I've talked to you. You seem so much you you behave and act so much older than your age. Because what are you, 24? I just turned 25. Okay, 25. I just okay. turned 25. That's still young, yeah. dude. That's hella young, dude. Right. That's wild. Yeah. yeah. That's crazy. Uh, maybe it maybe it's the beard. Uh maybe it's a fake it till you make it kind of thing maybe that so. could be it <laughs> i don't think you're faking shit though bro really? let's be honest man you're you got some good stuff happening dude your social pages i every time like and i talk to a lot of people and like i i see a lot of their social stuff but like yours i will always stop and watch every video because not only the entertaining like that one where you're sliding and you ate shit <laughs> you're still throwing people out but it's still funny bro it's still but like the content is still pure and it's still valuable that's what makes it so that's what obviously if you've been sticking this long and you've been having steady growth it's because there's there's some sort of reason there's some sort of value you're providing to the to your audience yeah it's just like hell interesting man that's that's awesome i appreciate that well last time we talked i had mentioned like i'm kind of a foot in and i'm I'm kind of a foot out when it comes to social media so i don't have a yeah i don't have a tiktok i i've made a twitter but i don't i don't manage it i've got all my stuff Mm -hmm. on instagram because when i was a player 
I remember using Instagram yeah. when I was trying to teach myself. There's mm-hmm. a lot of accounts that yeah. they are educational in nature. Mm-hmm. Well, that's what that's how Stronghold started. At the time, um, at the time when I started posting some of what I was doing to Instagram, I actually was coming off a year stretch where I had no social media at all. So that's crazy. That's crazy. Yeah. So, for, so to be where I am now, as far as having the reach that I have on 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 Instagram specifically, that was I was I, I didn't expect that. I didn't expect okay. that. Um, and I. And like I said, I was a foot. In, I'm kind of foot in, foot out. But I, I realize now that you know, I want to, I want to run clinics. I want to get a lot mm-hmm. of players together, and I want to teach. And to do that, like I'm going to have to intentionally promote what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'm becoming a little more foot in than foot out, but <laughs> I'm, yeah. But still trying to make it educational and yeah, entertaining. Yeah. There we go. Yeah. Yeah. Dude. So, so I got to ask. I don't think I asked you last time. So. Yeah, when you say you're foot in, foot out, and I know that you're very much like you you disconnect from from your phone a lot because I know you'll send a text one moment and I'll text you back and your phone will be off and then you'll text me back yeah. like hours later. And I know not to take yeah. offense because you've you've explained that that's kind of how you how you how you do your day to day business. So I'm like, that's fine. It's yeah. Cool. But what explain to the people why it is you do that, considering how big of your social presence. Okay. And then you say that you are one foot in, one foot out, and and like I said, I know you disconnect. So yeah, what was the, how was, how do you balance that with like feeling like you have to put out more content and okay. be everywhere and be there? So wh- wh- where are you at in yeah. that? Or like, what, what's the driving force behind that, that decision? Okay. That's a good, yeah, I think that's a really good question, man. I did a, I read this book when I was ah, in, in, at the end of college, okay. I read this book and it, and it was called reclaiming conversation. Okay. And it talked about how. Down. It's a good read. It's a very good read. And it talked about, I mean, we live in a very t- technological uh, culture. Um, yeah, constant communication. Yeah, constant communication. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and the book talked about, like, if you exist socially through your device, then you're constantly taking in curated information. Right. So every every post every post has a there's a there's a reason. Like if you go to my page, I'll be yeah. open. My goal yeah. is is for you to see my stuff and then maybe come to my clinic or see my mm-hmm. stuff and want to go further. But every post is the same thing, no matter what it is. Funny, yeah. It's to sell something in a right, way. Right. Right. Yeah. So when you're in a when you're in a like a normal day to day human conversation it's not curated. It's, mm-hmm. it's random. It's spontaneous. And to, to have human interaction, you have to be comfortable with that spontaneity, especially right. for me. Like if I've got a group of six, seven players, mm-hmm. like it's going to be chaos in a way. And I want right. to be able to be, I want to be able to be present. And so that's, right, that's yeah. why I dis yeah, I disconnect from my phone on purpose, you know, for periods during the day or at night, or I'll just shut it off or I won't have Instagram for a few days. That's why I do it. It's so that when I'm, face to face like i'm there that's the goal yeah well that's that's interesting you say that man because like even then like and this is like because even if you look at your post right so like you have the people that and then like on a social this is kind of coming from like a digital marketing standpoint where i'm at and where you Mm -hmm. are as a as a as a professional not necessarily in baseball but like if you think about like there's the there's like it's like split into two groups right you have the people that say well you got to post like eight times a day and Mm -hmm. put as much 
possible content you can put out there. You have the, they have that group. And then there's like you guys, like there's the select few people that don't have social media all the time, but are big on social media, have great followings, have great audiences and y'all post, but every time. So let's say you only post like a couple times a week, right? That also right. drives a lot of interest into your posts because not only are you not producing mass content, every con every piece, people are waiting for that next post you're going to make. And people yeah. sit and wait for it, and then they'll consume the entirety of it because, well, he posted now. He might not post for another couple of days, so I'm going to enjoy this piece. And then they're steadily waiting for the next one. So I, I respect both ways, man. I really do. It, it goes just, both ways, they, man. Yeah, yeah. They're just science. You should uh, let's work together. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. You can find the yeah. happy median, bro. But yeah, yeah man. So yeah. so going back into the baseball aspect. So for the people who don't know, like. And I've seen you play. I still, to this day, bro, think you may have had a shot to play professional, dude, because you're you're smooth. Your skills are still there, dude. I think you're you, you're super smooth with it, dude. Let me tell you. Let me tell you, super smooth. Behind so, the behind the behind the dish, I can do anything. Yeah. But the difference between catching a slider and trying to hit a slider to... is a lot. <laughs> oh, you're telling me? Well, you know, when you know it's coming, it's much easier to to catch it. When you know, catching it with a barrel is a whole different. That's a different game, dude. But. But let's talk about your career a little bit, man. So, you you know, you grew up in Kentucky, you played high school. I know you said your junior year was kind of that turning point where you were like, this is where I'm going to start, you know, fixing things, taking it a little bit more serious than I have, maybe not going through the motions as much. How did, so, you know, you fixed everything your junior year of high school. And then how did that play into your junior, senior year? And then when you got to college, I know you had a kind of a tumultuous career because COVID kind of picked up there. And so how did that right. all play into, into kind of your decision to kind of go the coaching route rather than the, than the you know, playing the indie ball, maybe going that route to try to make it to, to affiliate ball. Yeah. Okay. Well, it, it was the, it was my junior year of college where I really, I had oh, some success. Sorry, sorry, I wasn't high. Yeah, no, no. Um, but my baseball career was like a, it was like a science project. I'll put it that way. <laughs> Most are. So like, yeah, like if you, if you're doing a, if you're doing a science experiment, you keep one thing the same and then you add a bunch of things mm -hmm. and then you're looking for like an outlier. Mm-hmm. Yeah. My career was like that. It was like not very good, not very good. Randomly, in, I'm balling out of my mind. Not very good, not very good, not very good. Balling out of my mind. Yeah. With I was I was a talented individual, but I was a very up and down player. But the highs were very high, and they were very short. So, like I said, it's like a science project. I can look back, and the moments when I was really good, I was doing a certain set of things. Right, and it was the way I approached the game mentally, how I was or training, and mm -hmm. and so I think I was uniquely uh, positioned to go right into coaching because if I had been like a star my whole career, I, I'm sure you've had coaches where it's like they they did it but don't know how to tell somebody yeah, else how to do it. Oh, dude, that's the right. story in baseball. Dude. Right, Those guys that are absolute all stars, but when it comes to coaching, they just don't have that gene. It's just not in them. Yeah, just yeah. I mean, there's a yeah, yeah. There's a there's definitely a difference between oh, yeah. being able to do be able to do something and to be able to be the one who, yeah, to relay that information. I think of it. Yeah. yeah, I think of it like a like a breadcrumb trail. Like mm -hmm. as the coach, like you don't want to just stay. Hey, the answer's over here. You want to like, hey, follow this mm -hmm. breadcrumb trail. And for me, like as a player. It was so exact. The moments when I was following the right trail, and and then for the most part, I wasn't. So yeah. I felt uniquely positioned after my college career to be like, this doesn't work. 
I've been there. I've done that. And for the most part, that, Mm -hmm. yeah. And for the most part, like it's, it's a, you know, a mentality that's what holds so many players back. And I I know that because I was that guy, but to answer your question, I I played baseball in Lebanon high school in Tennessee. Mm -hmm. And then I went to a college called Lee university. I was there for two years. And then I went to Kentucky Wesleyan and yeah. Yeah. And how how was, your, how was your experiences there, man? How how so you've been a catcher your whole was there ever any time when you were like a two way guy, maybe played the field a little bit, or were you always the guy behind the behind the dish? Ooh, I don't know how many of your listeners are in high school, but I think they'll find this interesting. Or anybody really, really below yeah. the Okay. Whenever I committed to catch in college, whenever I committed to a college, I had not caught a single high school baseball game. Wow. Yeah, I think you told me I this was, actually. I think you told yes, me. Yes, I yeah. was growing. I was growing so fast mm-hmm. that I couldn't even squat. My knees, my back, everything hurt so bad. I caught <laughs> yeah. when I was younger, and I was yeah, natural yeah. at it. I was natural, and I was obsessive. Mm-hmm. But when I was in high school, I was growing so fast I couldn't do it. I, I, I wish uh, I wish I knew what I knew now as far as like how to yeah, how right. to train how to train to move better. Mm-hmm. But anyways, I. I played first or short or wherever else, pitched a little bit. And then going into my last, my senior year of high school, I started to slow down my growing and got a little stronger. And then I started um, going to camps or showcases as a catcher okay. without catching a single high school baseball See, that's game. Wild. What And what was the yeah. driving force behind that decision? Because like, this is like, you know, going to showcases, that's like, okay, this is like make or break. I need to show these guys I can play for you to say, you know what? I'm going to go in there in a position I've never played. I haven't played in years. What yeah. Well, like? I don't even, I've had a, like, when I say I was obsessive as a little kid, I mean like when I was seven, eight, nine years old, I would bounce a ball off my couch in the living room and catch yeah, and just, it like, gotcha. and catch. Yes. Like I was obsessive okay. and all through like my younger years, like I was, I was a catcher and, and when I was like, even as I was growing, like I would still like out in the outfield, hop in a squat and catch and stuff like that. Yeah, I just, yeah, my body was just in pain. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah. But uh, I was, I guess I was always like a, a catcher. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. I, I, I think so anyone I, who has caught you, you, you've caught a little bit, right? Yeah. I still, it's a still different, do. I actually just caught yeah. yesterday, man. Yeah, it's a di- it's a different yeah. game than like any other position. It's like a different mm-hmm. sport. Just the way the game moves when you're behind yeah. the plate, you know. And yeah. I always loved that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. That's like, but here's the thing, man. Like, I think catching is just like it's it's one of those positions because you can take pretty much. Can you hear me? You there? Can you hear me? Yes, I'm here. We're good. I see you. I think. I think. Uh. Oh, you're in it now, bro. Damn. No. How we doing? We'll give it a sec. There we go. Dude. He's, we he, there he is. Yes, That's we're good. Tragic. Don't worry about it. All right. <laughs> Yeah. Don't even worry about it. We're good. So basically what we'll do is we'll just chop it. But anyway, what I was saying about catching was like catching is one of those spots where like, you know, you have like those guys like the other day there was a DJ LeMahie, right? He's played every position on the Yankees except for catcher. Catching is the one spot 
you can't just throw someone back there and be like, you're a utility guy, go catch. It doesn't work like that, bro. That That's the one specialty spot. That and pitching, you're not going to put in just anybody out there. So catching is yeah. a different beast in itself, dude. It is. It's yeah. tough. It's, it's a different sport. It's a different sport. Yeah. That's I, the, I think that. that's the best way to put it. It's like, it's like a sport within the sport, dude. It's like weird. But um, yeah. So you, you end up playing your years in college. And then, so I know we talked last time about pro ball. I know you said there's kind of a weird transition into that point before you decided to go the coaching route. So let, let's go through that story one more time and how, okay. how they came at you and everything. Okay. Yeah. So I had the, I had the, the uh, yeah. So I had the opportunity to go play independent ball. Uh, after I had a great junior year, I had a lot of teams who were interested and there was COVID in my senior year. And there was one team in particular that stuck around like, Hey, you want to come play? So I had to offer, I had the opportunity to go play pro ball. Mm -hmm. And then I also had this opportunity to go travel with a youth baseball organization. And that just happened yeah. kind of serendipitously. I didn't go looking mm -hmm. for it. Someone was just like, Hey, we could use a guide travel. And we were going to get to go to like five different cities all around America to run these tournaments. I was essentially a tournament mm -hmm. director. I was like, oh, this sounds so much fun. I'll hang out at the ballpark and travel. Mm -hmm. And so I just kind of could feel in my heart of hearts, like, that's kind of what I really want to do. <laughs> playing pro ball Traveling sounds amazing. Play yeah, play, playing pro ball sounds amazing, but I had already started working with some young guys, and I could just feel right. in my heart, like whenever I was coaching, like ah, like I really enjoyed this. Mm -hmm. yeah. And so, yeah, so it kind of was a leap because I didn't want to stop playing. Yeah, of course not. But yeah. I go, I go on this adventure that is this summer of travel baseball, and it's a week in yeah. every city, and we go. To like Maryland, uh, Maryland uh, Reno, Nevada. We go to Houston. We go to mm -hmm. Myrtle Beach. We're flying all over the place, driving all over the place, and we're in each city for a week, running these tournaments. And I would just be in charge of like four or five fields. And I thought this would be a, this would be cake. And it was one of the craziest summers you can imagine. Summer travel, dude, summer ball, travel baseball is nuts. Travel baseball is unbelievable. Within the first day, I was nose to nose with his parents, like screaming, spitting in my face. Whoa, I was like, what is going on? And so all summer, I watched, you know, hundreds of baseball games. And the kids were ages like 9 to 14 or 15. And I just watched. And one, I saw that almost no one knew how to catch. Almost yeah. nobody. And two, I saw that, most, I say most, there was a, so many players who were struggling with the exact same things that I struggled with, where the game is not fun, even though it sh should be. And, they, they're, they're, and there's parents who want to help their kids so badly, but they don't know how. So they just like yell or scream or get angry. And there's coaches who are, they don't really care about what's going on. And I just saw that predominantly the games were made up of bad baseball with just the few exceptions where the kid was having fun going balls to the wall and the coaches were involved. And that was the, that was the minority. The majority was like, the kids don't care. The kids are having fun. Everyone's frustrated. The parents are, this tournament sucks. Everything about this sucks. Well, yeah, of course it sucks. There's 400 teams on three fields. What do you expect? <laughs> yeah, it's going to be a shit show. No yeah. kidding, dude. Yeah. But so that summer, like, so opened that, my eyes, yeah. 
Right, right. So let me ask you this. So you saw, you spent, and that was what year? Was that 19 or 20? It was that 21? That would have been 21, the summer of 21, 21 okay. right after graduation. Gotcha. Okay. So let me ask you this. So you saw, and this is funny that you bring up select, select ball. Because mm-hmm. I was talking to a buddy of mine yesterday. All that some, he coaches a, a select. He actually runs a organization here in San Antonio. Yes. And we were talking about select baseball, and he was like, "And this is such a hot take." So I'll I'll say it's a hot take. It's not my take. It's what somebody else took. All right, right? So they lay it out there. Hot take. Select that's that select baseball is ruining youth baseball. That's <sighs> what he said. And I said, what do you mean? He goes, well, and then he, he, he had been, he'd been pondering this thought for a long time and I'll I'll explain why. So he goes, look, select baseball is ruining baseball. And I was like, you know, sitting and I'm like, what are you, what are you talking about? Why? And he goes, well, look at the stats. He goes, 40% of all professional baseball players. And this stat just came out not too long ago. They're all international players. They're not from here. So all Mm -hmm. the, there's, there's some sort of trend in the United States or at least locally here that's hurting baseball players. And he was like, the only thing I can think of, because it's not high school, it's not college, and it's not like independent affiliate ball. It's the select ball stage, man, from nine, from ages 9 to 16 with all these rings and belts and all this. Everyone gets a trophy. They're not really about baseball. It's about having fun. And I'm like, yeah, man, I kind of agree, I kind of agree with it a little, a little bit, not to the fullest yeah. extent where I was like, it's ruining it, and it's not ruining baseball. As long as if you're playing baseball, baseball is good. You're playing it. Right. You're still having a good time. But I do think it is a little extraneous some of the stuff that I've that I've seen, and I'm yeah. sure you've seen it too because it's getting a little bit wild. There's some people here in Texas that are playing some tournaments where I'm kind of like, that's not really that's kind of weird. And I, we'll talk off camera about that. But I'm like, <laughs> it's like it's just weird, man. I'm just like it is kind of strange. It's not. It's like a it's like an activity. It's not really like a tournament anymore. It's like a, like let's just go out and do all these different events and, and stuff, and let's and then we'll play baseball on the side. Yeah. <laughs> I, weird, man. I, I don't, don't even think that's a hot take. I almost feel like that's the like the elephant in the room is travel baseball yeah. is for the most part not good. Mm-hmm. I, but what my my question is, I think this is the real question is like what what's the uh, what's how can we how can we make this right? How can we make this better? What can we do mm-hmm. to use this? What can, I mean. I mean, that, that's just the way it is. Like youth leagues, usually local leagues are uncompetitive. Mm-hmm. And then travel right. balls on the other end of the spectrum. You got nine-year-olds who are on the road <laughs> three months in a row. Like what? No kidding. Yeah. You know, like, I, I think it, I think more responsibility should fall on the parents to realize like, just because everybody's doing this, like all your friends have their kids and travel baseball, it doesn't mean it's for you. And it doesn't mean you have to miss everything for the next two months to go be on the road. I, I don't know, man. On the road, it's, yeah. an, it's an animal. <laughs> it is an animal, dude. But like, but that's what I'm saying. Like, there's, but like the other thing is like when when you're growing up playing select baseball, and probably I was playing a little bit before you were. Yeah, it was very much like it was called select, and it's because the select the kids play, right? And it was like the best. It wasn't about the who can pay. It wasn't about the who can do this, and it wasn't about the how much money you make and how much you put towards the program. It was the select nine, the best nine, are going to play in this league. And these are the best of the best. Now, select baseball is like everyone's playing in it. That I think that's also what takes away from the 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 specialty of it and how. That's just my thought, because I mean, yeah. and, and not that's not to take away from like 
everyone should be playing baseball because there's a place for everyone to play baseball. Maybe it's not in that select world. I mean, there's youth leagues, there's pony leagues, there's machine, there's all kinds of leagues of baseball, but that league where you right. are traveling and all these kids are traveling, their parents are paying extensive amounts of money. Like that should be the best of the best of the best. Like you're going to like go on and do this, like for a real, you're going to go get your college and, and stuff paid for, for this game. That makes sense. Right. That's what right. I think. I think that's yeah, what's I, taken away from the specialty of it. Yeah. I don't know, man. I don't know. I, like what? Because you, I mean, the other thing was like, yeah. you work with kids that are also playing select baseball all the time. These kids that are taking it oh, super yeah. competitive and seriously. And the thing is, I'm sure you see there's a very big divide in those kids that are up here taking it that seriously. And the kids are like, their parents are just sticking them in it because like, we want you to be good, but the kid isn't actually yeah. on that type deal. Yeah. There's a big well, the, okay. competition yeah. and gap there. I'll tell you what, what I have seen, like, I don't have an answer for that. Like, what are we going to do? Yeah. But I'll tell you what no, I know no, no, for no, a no, fact. No. No. Anyway, no, for, this is what I know for a fact. The, the the biggest gap, the biggest gap mm-hmm. is the players where their parents got them into weightlifting. What? Got them, yes. Like, not maybe weightlifting or wrestling, like, Parents that oh, make that like, get their kids into some form of training outside of baseball, those mm-hmm. kids learn fast, and those kids are they're really the one the ones that are more developed physically. They day. yeah, they mm-hmm. learn they learn quickly, and it, I've found that how much baseball you play or who you play with like, that's that's important, but mm-hmm. like. Can your son do what like putting on outside? Yeah, mm-hmm. can, yeah. Like I've seen so many parents will bring their kid in to, for a lesson, and the kid can't do like one pull up or five push ups. Like definitely, if you get help, the kid be physically capable. And that's right. that's more important Before, than yeah. What yeah, what what tournament they're playing in? Phys- yeah, being mm-hmm. physically capable. That's yeah. Yeah, that's the the biggest gap that I see: is strong kids versus <laughs> marshmallows. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny, you know, you it. But it's true, man. You know what? It's funny is that it's so true. It is that is true. It's true. But so so we'll get away from the select base. So I just I, I had that conversation. I knew I was going to yeah. talk to you today, and that just with how many kids you work with and the different spectrum of kids you play with, from the super competitive to the recreational players, just getting into it. I just wanted to hear your take because you are technically a youth coach. So I wanted to hear what you're saying. Yes, on that. yes. I, I kind of set me yeah. off. It was just like, it was kind of a bomb in the dugout yesterday in our game. I was kind of sitting there and I was just like, wow, that's a yeah. really like interesting yeah. take on it. But anyway, yeah. so so you end up playing, you, you had the chance to go play indie ball and you think, nah, that's not that's not it for me. I need to, I'm, I feel better the coaching route. That's kind of where your heart's pulling you. And I know we know where you are now, but we'll get to that later on how you, you do, how you conduct your business now and how stronghold catching works where um how did how did the whole thing start with coaching did you think i'm gonna maybe start with a select organization that you know you didn't want to go high school you didn't want to go maybe coach you know college what where did you think okay this is where i'm gonna get my start this is where i'm gonna get it going i was very fortunate blessed Uh, there was uh there was a facility in owensboro kentucky where i'm at there's a facility and there's a guy Mm -hmm. who owns it and one day uh, I was in there catching a live bullpen for one of our pitchers. He was invited to come mm-hmm. throw to like some uh, some other college guys, and I went and caught him. Okay. And I met the guy who owns it, and I got to talking to him, and we we 
enjoyed talking to each other. And I, I made, actually, I made some chairs <laughs> for the facility. And when I, okay. so we had a, like an ongoing relationship. And then at the, when I finished my career, like he was like, Hey, you want to, you want to do some work out of here? Like you want to, you want to train catchers out of here? So it, it literally happened like that. And so I started off with wow. like two or three guys and then it turned into more and more turned into more and mm -hmm. started posting some videos of what I was doing and then it turned mm -hmm. into more and then it, it then fast forward like a year, a year and a half leaving that facility and then I kind of hit the road. Mm -hmm. So I would travel, yeah. and, I would travel and, and spend a day with a travel organization and I would travel and do a clinic here and I'd travel and do a clinic there. But that's how I got started. This guy was, he blessed Gee, me cool. to use his facility and so I just grew slowly like that yeah mm -hmm. so there was no like thought to like you know i'm gonna start you know that that's it see that's an interesting take but that's also how a lot of other people get started but i think you have a unique thing because i know you have your your five pillars right that you teach of catching correct the five is that you five the five pillars right yes 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 exactly. i have so that's, I've that's interesting because a lot like of like five yeah. no go ahead yeah Oh, sorry, like five, um, yeah, like pillars that you can say. Yeah, you got it right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I have like a curriculum in and, a way. Yeah, yeah. See, that's, but see, that in itself is different than what you get from 90% of instructors because a lot of guys are just going to go straight into like, all right, here, how's how you receive? Here's how you block. Here's how you should throw down. Here are a couple of drills. But like you start from like the mental aspect of catching before we even bleed into like, okay, now we're, now we're going to work on blocking. Now we're going to work on, you know, all the extraneous parts of catching, like the little pieces that make a catcher complete. That's that in itself is valuable. I don't think a lot of people go that route. Oh, I appreciate that. Yeah, I do try and approach it uh, different. So like um, here recently, I did a clinic and the focus of all the things we were doing was it wasn't like uh, a physical thing, like receiving mm -hmm. the focus of the clinic was um, challenges that were harder than the game okay that was the theme see that's cool yeah that's interesting and and what was the feedback because that in itself is not a physical thing what what was the what was the overall feedback on something was that the first time you had done something like that oh no that i i whenever i do clinics like they're usually something like that um overall feedback Okay. My favorite feedback is we'll work for like two hours or two and a half hours straight. Okay. And then um, I'll say, all right, boys, we did it. Nice work. High fives all around. And the kids are like, yeah, already. <laughs> that's that's the it. Feedback that I'm, that's the feedback where I'm like, yes, we did it. Well, that just, they're enjoying it. Like that, when, when time goes by that fast and you're talking two hours of like straight work and they're like, that's mm -hmm. it. That's like, that means that it was fun for them and it flew by too fast probably for them. But, but that's all, see that, that is feedback. That's the feedback you should be searching for, right? That is the feedback that I'm <laughs> after where a kid kind of forgets, forgets himself for a little while forgets what other people think for a little while and is totally focused on whatever it is we're doing, whether that's you got a fastball coming in, you got a breaking ball coming in, we're making a throw here, we're blocking a ball and picking it up and making a throw here. 
for them to be totally consumed in that for just a little while. And then that, that is mm -hmm. my goal. That is my goal. Yeah. Well, good, man. See that that's, but like, I love how you're changing it, man. You're changing the aspect of like, okay, you know, cause I've been to so many camps in my youth and I like, as we're talking about it, I'm like flashing back and I'm like, we never talked about anything like that. It was like, all right, I don't know how advanced you are, but let's start blocking like immediately. I don't know if you've never caught before, but here, like we're going to go straight into teaching you how to block. And I'm like, but what about all the roadblocks that build up to how to block efficiently, how to block correctly? Like that's more important, but, yeah. but we'll get to that. We'll get to that. I have a lot. I have plenty more to ask you here, man. So all right, all right, this is kind of now that we're, we're, we're we're past your your playing career. You're into coaching. You know, we kind of yeah. glanced over that. I'm thinking I'll probably put that other podcast out anyway. I'll chop it up and put like a part one and part two. That'd be pretty cool, actually, to kind of blend them together. Safe. But talking, talking, talking about something else. But so let me ask you this. So we'll get into kind of catching technique because, you know, I catch on Sundays. I caught my freshman. I caught oh, caught my senior year of high school, a little bit my junior year of high school, and then my freshman year of college I was a catcher. But I was nowhere what? near in the – in the realm of where you were, I was very much a raw, just like I can catch and I can throw it down and I can pretty much, I'll just piece the rest of it together. And that's how I pretty much played my career behind the plate. Um, and this, this knee down. So the so knee down catching has gotten a lot of yeah. survival it's mode new, right? That now every catcher is doing it. Yes. Where, when did you, when did that whole thing? Cause I'm not as versed in the catching world as you are obviously. And, and I'm sure, you know, a lot like these pro guys do, but like, where did the knee down thing come from? Because I do it now and it saves my legs forever. Like, like I can catch for for hours now rather than like by the ninth oh, inning of a game, I'm, yeah. I'm dying. Well, uh. Yeah. I think Damn. I think it's kind of like if you just watch, if you just were to watch, I think. <laughs> oh. There we are. <laughs> You're all good. This is a much easier cut, though, bro. This is this is solid. Well, you we want to do this? Yeah, you just cut these. Yeah, pieces. you want to ask the question again about just catching or? Yeah, man. So where? So where did? So I know we're talking about knee down catching, right? Mm -hmm. Where did that come from? Like, who who was the first person? I don't know if you know like the whole history behind it. I'm just like that is such a unique way of catching, and like now you see every big league catcher doing it, and it's being taught more when like. If you were to look back like maybe 10 years, catching with a knee down would have probably been viewed as like lazy or like right. not the way you should catch, right? So where where did that come from? And when did when did you start learning how to do that and learn that that was probably going to be the future of catching? Well, when I was a junior, I, I like I'm, I'm six foot four. When I was a junior, mm -hmm. uh, for me to block a breaking ball, I would use this like offset stance where my left knee was already cheating towards the ground. So I was already kind of falling towards the knee as the ball was coming in. And as I was watching major league games, like I think a lot of catchers were intuitively doing that. Or if you just watch a baseball game, even the catchers that start on two feet, they eventually fall to a knee. And, you know, mm -hmm. it, it, yeah. But the history of it, I, I want to say Tanner Swanson was a catching coach somewhere within the Minnesota Twins organization. And a guy by the name of Mitch Garver – uh, he was on two feet and they worked and they found a way for him to catch the entire game on his right knee. As far as I know, I think that's where it really started to pick up steam at major league level. Cause this guy was the first to like runner on second. He would just be on his right knee, runner on first, be on his right knee. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, okay. But fast forward to now, I think it's a huge debate. Mm -hmm. 
where you got like old school. Oh, is it? Uh, yeah, you got old mm-hmm. school coaches that are like, it's lazy. You got newer school guys that are like, it just makes sense. Mm-hmm. And I can see both sides of the argument for sure. Why well, I see it, I see both sides, sure. Like, okay, there's a traditional way that you've been playing for, you know, hundreds of years. And then there's like, but at the same time, you have like all-star catchers now who have coaches that are teaching this way. Right. So like, and it, and like, I, I did it cause I was like, I see all these guys doing it. And like, now I have to see like my 14, 13, 14 year old kids that I coach are doing it too. And I'm like, this is not taught to me when I was, when I was growing up, this is like so new, but like right. even the kids are doing it. It's not, it's no longer like a technique to save your knees for nine innings. It's now like, this is the way people are being taught how to catch, which is insane. Cause that like, like I said, you look back 10, 15 years ago, that was like, Oh, that was a no, no dude. Like you yeah. get off your knees and runners on in, like on the bases. Right. No, it is new. It is newer. I hear a lot of people who make the argument, um, like they, they'll they'll use like a video where a guy's on a knee and the ball kicks by him and they're like, see, mm-hmm. it doesn't work. Yeah, yeah. And then mm-hmm. you got you know Trevino putting up a platinum season on his knee. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I I teach players how to catch off a knee if they want to. Mm-hmm. Uh, I teach players how to catch off two feet if they want to. Mm-hmm. Uh, think there's a way to do it well and a way to do it poorly (laughs) but yeah i think i think it's more comfortable for most players to catch on a knee i think guys block better on a knee yeah yeah i think but yeah i think it's all preference for sure yeah i i (laughs) okay so when you say so preference okay that makes sense because I just, and that's the thing I've heard coaches say, that's when you say like, oh, you know, it's, it's one way or the other. And I'm like, well, I've seen a lot of, you know, really great guys do it, man. I don't know. But, but anyway, so, so let me ask you this, man. So as, as a coach and as a, you know, as a teacher, right. How, let me see. So where do you find your influences? Are you constantly looking for new and more efficient ways to catch? Are you kind of experimenting? I know you have kind of like a crew that you've been shooting a lot of those videos with. Are you guys just experimenting on on what's going to stick? Are you guys, you know, look constantly looking at pro guys? Are you constantly looking at, at coaching videos? Or how, how are you finding ways to stay on top of, of your, of your teaching game? Okay. Well, when I first got started, I was very, very, like I was obsessive. I would watch these MLB catchers and try and break down what they were doing and then try and distill it into a way that I could teach even the youngest player. Uh, okay. But now that I've been doing this, I've been working with players for so long, uh, I w- I'm going to quote a good friend of mine. He's in the Pirates organization. He's a coach. He said, the further I get into baseball, the less I care about baseball and the more I care about people. Okay. So my, yeah, my influences right now are almost not as much baseball. Um, it's more just really effective people really effective teachers i will say in baseball there is a guy that i really appreciate i I heard him speak at the last conference i went to his name's nate trotsky ever heard that name okay yeah he's an infield Mm -hmm. guy but he yeah his presentation it 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 went all through you know his ideas on infield and throwing and then he got a lot into like the mentality of you know 
of an effective baseball player. Okay. And uh, so I would say he's That's an cool. influence of mine, Nate Trotsky, Trotsky Baseball. Yeah. Shout out. I don't know the guy. I met him okay. once, but we just had a very brief conversation, but. Yeah, that's the see, like that's the thing though. You're you're open minded because like there's a lot of there's, there's a lot of coaches that are very closed minded and they're like, well, this is the way I was taught, and this is the way I'm going to teach, and I'm not open to anything new, right? Yeah. And we've all had those coaches, you know. It's like the old school set where it's like, well, this is how I was taught. This is the one way. This is the only way. This is the only right way you can play the game, right? But it's like the new and evolved way is like how you're saying you go out and you find different you find different inspirations and different things that you want to teach and different ways that that can make the game better and like i think you opening up your your mind to like okay there's all these different ways that can resonate with different people and mm-hmm. if you do that way then you can make an impact on more players rather than just one of your like niche player that you're looking to teach yeah. you know what i'm saying yeah so that makes a lot of sense I, I i respect that a lot yeah yeah um yeah man because i don't I don't think there's anything more frustrating than having a coach that teaches one way and one way only. And then there's like, it doesn't resonate with you, but you have to continue trying to make this thing work. That's clearly not working. Cause this one coach physically will not take the time to change his coaching style to coach a different kind of, that's coach. relatable. That's the, yeah, <laughs> that is the most frustrating thing in the world. I yeah. Swear. Yeah. No, I, I remember I had a coach one time who was a hitting coach and he was working with like our leadoff hitter who was like five, eight, Mm-hmm. lefty he was oh, well. showing him what he wanted him mm-hmm. to do and then he was working with me and he was telling me the exact same thing and i'm a big guy um we had completely different mm-hmm. swings different approaches and we was telling us to swing the exact same way or do this the exact same way yeah that is, doesn't work that doesn't help me at all <laughs> yeah you know it's funny you say that because like my one of my coaches i had i won't i won't say specifics you know i, I had a pitching coach at one point who was dead set on teaching guys how to pitch who were throwing like 95 plus. Right. But that's like the old school way of coaching. It's like, everyone should, you know, if you're playing at this level, you should throw hard. Well, I was, when I was there, I was like only throwing like mid eighties, maybe like maybe touching upper eights. Right. So I'm right. pitching. I'm like, but like you teaching me how to throw, like I'm six, five throwing 95 is not going to work. Cause I rely on a lot of break and a lot of movement, a lot of spotting and all, like, all this stuff. And it just like never his his methods never resonated with me because I'm not six five and I'm not throwing ninety five. I'm like I have to rely on a lot of different aspects of pitching to make it work. And that was like one of my biggest frustrations I had was like he would refuse to change the way he was teaching me. And I'd be like, dude, you're telling me how to do this one thing. I cannot rely on an eighty eight mile an hour fastball to blow by a D one guy. It's just not gonna right. happen. You know what I'm saying? So I that and that's I'm sure the same with you, right? Right. No, I I I observe and watch and try and talk to a lot of coaches and try and pick their brain. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I definitely don't know much. I don't know everything, <laughs> but <laughs> if I'm in a conversation with a coach and they say like, this is this, this is the way it is. This is the way that it always should be. And anything else is wrong. If they say anything to that effect, I immediately, you've lost, you've me. lost me. I'm walking away. <laughs> The, if you yeah, get way no in, kidding, if you yeah. get way into baseball, I think the further you get into baseball, the more the more you realize you don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and the, well, yeah. dude, like it's crazy because, like, have you seen the whole this whole debacle? And I see it more on socials than I see it. Yeah, I don't think it's quite made its way to like the big platforms like MLB Network and ESPN, but like. Have you seen those infielders who are fielding double play balls and and bouncing them on one bounce? <laughs> second base? I have seen it. I have seen it. What is what what is okay? Just out of just for fun, what is your curiosity on that? I know you're not an infielder, but what do you feel about that that change of pace of the game? If they get two outs, two thumbs up. Who cares, right? Yeah, yeah. 
if you if you're trying if you accomplish what you're out to accomplish and kick it over there i don't care right just get it there right? <laughs> yeah yeah people people think it's so weird and i'm like why like why is this such a big deal like he's just making a play it's an easier throw it's a more accurate throw than him throwing completely across his body and trying to make this one play and i'm like if he can just get it there on one bounce right what the hell's it but you have all these old heads man that are losing their minds like oh that's not the way you should play yeah i'm like dude, know, who cares like what I, did, I don't know, man. Baseball's in a weird spot, to be 100% honest with you. It's in a weird, like, transitional phase. Yeah. It's it's weird. Yeah. Well, dude, baseball, if you really think about it, you really think about it. If, if, it, if you just took a bat and some baseballs and rolled them out onto a random field, nothing would happen until human beings <laughs> <True>. got involved. <laughs> baseball right. is human and humans are constantly changing trying new things and so baseball is going to adapt and do new things because it's played by humans and if you think yeah, it's going to exactly. stay the same it's gonna you don't know baseball you've never known baseball <laughs> yeah that's so true man because it's going to evolve as humans play humans evolve the game's obviously a byproduct of us humans so yeah. it's going to evolve as well it's play <laughs> it's play you're playing baseball and humans play creatively they're we're gonna we're gonna try and find some way to do it different like we want it to be interesting it's it's just a game where you hit a ball like we're gonna make it our own one way or the other it's not gonna stay the same no i'm right there with yeah man so let's so let's get back into the into the code i know we've talked a lot about the baseball and the state of the game and youth sports and let's let's talk about you and your brand man so so stronghold, real quick, because I know we're already at the forty-five minute mark. I want to keep it too long. We had some other stuff we want to discuss. So stronghold, I think, sounds sick as hell. Where? How did you come up with that name? Is that something that's specific to you, or were you kind of, you know, you got guys like I? I I'm releasing a War Stick podcast, and I, I don't want to spread how he came up with the name War Stick. And I think just think names are so like interesting on how people come to that to that realization. Right. So where did stronghold come from? I don't know. I think I lucked out and accidentally came out with a with a name that sounds really cool. Just stumbled upon it. Just stumbled upon it. Um, That's cool, though. Yeah, yeah. I, it it kind of plays off of like catching. Like you got a strong hold on the baseball, and uh, yeah, I I, I like Absolutely. the idea of being the stronghold of your team. Like you're the kind of guy that your team can just entirely depend on. I like that idea, yeah. being the stronghold of your team. And then the logo, I think it looks sick too. And I just kind of lucked into that. Oh, my, yeah. The yeah. logo is, the logo is yes, legit. My, uh, it is legit. Yes. My fiance, at the time of this podcast, we may be married by whenever it comes out. We'll see. Um, It'll probably be next week, so I don't think you'll be married. We're getting married. <laughs> we're getting married this summer, dude. I'm excited. But she... She damn, that's yeah, awesome. Yeah, congratulations. Thank you. I forgot thank to tell you. you. I think I told you congratulations. I think I texted oh, you. Thank you, man. I appreciate <laughs> it. But yeah, uh, yeah, I just made like a castle or I just picked a clip art castle because I'm not very tech savvy. Okay. And she's like, nah, we can't do this. And she's she's got a good eye for it. She slapped a plate on there, moved it around. And I was like, whoa, whoa. So I, now we got I trademarked right? that sucker. 
I yeah. would, dude. That's a sick logo with the stronghold, dude. It looks awesome. Yeah. It looks sick. And like, I agree. Stronghold, like being like, there's always that be a wall, like stronghold. Like it just it fits, it for, especially for cash. It does fit. Like, no yeah, I and mean, I'm sure you as a it you fits. as a marketing guy, like you got a year for certain things like that. But I'll be honest, I oh, just kind of lucked into it, dude. Yeah. So that's man. That's so funny you say that because I'm such a logo. I love You're like a, when like when a small company has like a good logo. Yeah. Like I'm just like this branding is phenomenal. Right. Like stronghold catching phenomenal yeah. like that there's like select few like war sticks another one just like great marketing awesome. great logos great brand it sounds sick another one's like Kraken pine tar i'm just like this is such awesome marketing like the logo looks awesome Kraken looks gritty i'm just like this is so cool but then there then you see like these products with like these like some of these more like traditional brands and you're just like so <laughs> why are you doing that no i'm not big. like just yeah. like there's no there's no like flair to it you know what right. i'm saying it's just some stuff like that you're just yeah. kind of like damn dude I'm not, I'm not but, big on the branding side, but somewhere in like my deep, uh, my deep dream is like, wow, just people that are walking, wearing a stronghold. I think that's hopefully in the future. Dude, sure, yeah. I'm telling you, bro, we gotta, we gotta, I gotta help you with that, bro, because you got some good. You can make some merch, bro. You can. Make yeah, I made shirts and they sold like hotcakes. Um, dude, I'm telling you. Yeah, I'm telling you. Yeah, they're sick. So. So we'll kind of get into more of like, I know we, we kind of went into the state of baseball. We talked about stronghold. We talked about your five pillars who, and I, and I'm, I'm assuming you watch a lot of baseball. You have to, right. With, with the profession. <laughs> you would be surprised. I do not yeah. watch that much yeah. baseball. Really? I watch in the, like, I'll, I say it on watch like I'll watch a game here and there. And then on my social media, I'll go and I'll watch a bunch of clips of catchers and watch a bunch of clips of pitchers. Mm -hmm. And I'll watch a lot of, I'll watch a lot of live games. Like I'll go to a lot of of games, high school, college games, but like, no, I don't, I don't watch a ton of baseball games. Um, Interesting. On TV. Yeah. I, I I think we talked about this last time. I don't have a TV. (laughs) That's right. You told me you don't have one. That's right. Crap. And what, so, <laughs> that's so interesting, man, especially in a time where like digital, like media and like TV and like streaming is just like insane right. and how you do not, how you abs- like you pretty much stay away from that whole thing. That's, an, that's super interesting, especially for a coach who's like a soul, almost like, I'm not going to call you a social coach. Cause you're not a social, you're not only on socials, but like a lot of people these days, man, if they're not on socials, they like, don't know what to do with themselves. They're like, Oh gosh, so I gotta, I gotta entertain this somehow. Right. right? But but you, man, but, but to be a hundred percent honest, like, like just watching high school games, watching, you know, clips on, on Instagram or YouTube or wherever you're watching them, like, that's enough for you to get a tell on what's going on and what's changing in the game. I think that's enough right. because sometimes watching a full game is kind of too much. I love watching, time, but, yeah, but don't even, I love watching baseball and, and don't get me wrong. Like I, I still study, I still study the game. Definitely do that. Yeah, but yeah, yeah I, I, I don't have uh yeah, like every night I sit and watch a, a certain team or something like that. I'm pretty No, no, yeah. no. I wouldn't I wouldn't expect that much, but I am a diehard Yankee fan. I'll try to catch those games yeah. I can though. I wanna watch more baseball. I will honestly. do that. I want to. I, cl- You're a busy man though, man. You're busy. I'm busy, yeah. Yeah. The uh, um uh like I said, I'm getting married here this summer. That's that's something. That's number one on the that's list. That's number one on the list. That's number one on the list. Yeah, seriously. Yeah. <laughs> Well, all right, man. So I, I'm going to ask you this. I think I asked you last time, but I want to see if your opinion changed. And I know you obviously you're watching, you're in tune with like who, who catches now, what the techniques are the best, who in your eyes is the top, your top three catchers going that are playing right now. Romuto, Romuto, Romuto. Romuto's number one. <laughs> that dude's got a cannon, dude. Yes. 
My God, I he's good. love he's good. watching Real Muto. Love Trevino. He's smooth. Yeah, love Trevino, and I love uh, watching Higashioka. Really? Yeah, of course. Higashioka's good. Higashioka's good. Love watching him. He's good. He's no he, he's no Jose, but he's good. Yeah, I love uh, I love watching Murphy. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, but Real Muto, That's yeah, good. Real Muto's a different animal. Dude, he's uh, I he's one of the few where I'm kind of like, holy shit, this guy's legit. But I mean, at the same time, like I think he he has a few more. He's got different tools. Every catcher has different tools. And I think that's what makes him special, man. That's what makes him in the league, right? The highest level you could possibly be, yeah. man. You, you ever seen the video? <laughs> you ever seen the video where the guy's coming in from the bullpen on a dead sprint? And then yes. and Rubio's looking at him like, oh god, oh my god. yeah, he's like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> I feel like that's the <laughs> like that's the most like emotion you ever see out of Rubio. He's just stone cold. He's just making it happen, man. Right. He's just he's he's going to work. Yes, dude. that's he's, he's the stronghold of his team. There we go. <laughs> Strong. Yeah. Dude, let me ask you this, dude. What what was when you were catching back in your in your playing days? Right. What. Where okay, and this is because I find this now, man. Like catching, I've always hated catching lefties. Like hated catching lefties. Okay, because their balls run so hard. Did you ever have like a type of pitcher that you just really struggled to just pick up his ball, or he was just so nasty? Like okay, yes, there uh, left a lefty who cuts his fastball randomly. That's really hard. The where it cut like it's cutting yeah. into your like mm-hmm. glove side. Um. Yeah, we had a guy like that. It, sometimes it would sink, sometimes it would cut, and it was just kind of like, "Good luck." <laughs> hard, <laughs> it's hard as he can throw it. Yeah. See, that's I hate. Like, I don't. I can catch pretty much any righty. Right. right? I can catch any righty. Right. The lefties. I str- there was a guy that we caught that I caught this past off season. He plays with the uh, with the York Revolution. It's a it's an indie ball team. I think in the frontier of the Atlantic. Okay. One of the two. He used to play with the D backs. Um, got released. He was a COVID cut. Okay. Um, dude, he was th- he would sit like three to three to five, running up to six. Mm-hmm. He was a lefty, and that was the he was. And I always enjoyed catching him because it was just like an adrenaline rush of like, oh my god, this guy's gonna pass. But I would struggle catching this guy, dude, because his balls were filthy. Yeah. And moving at that velocity, like I'm not, a, I'm probably not as skilled as you are, but I can still like glove. I can glove right. balls, and surprisingly enough, I don't miss catch a lot of them, so my thumb is still intact. Yeah. Cause I go no thumb guard, dude. I go no thumb guard. Couldn't be believe me, believe it or not. Couldn't be me. Do you? Oh yeah. yeah what, so no. What do you? you everyone looks at me and they're like, they're like, dude, I don't know how you don't use a thumb guard. And I'm like, well, I've you know I've hit my thumb a couple times, but it's still surviving. They're like, you should definitely get a thumb. I, I, I'm I'm not <laughs> convinced that they like they never heal. Like if you get it hit enough times, like it just doesn't heal. Yeah, it, it'll it'll come right back. Oh yeah, it'll heal in a couple of days, and then you you'll reaggravate it. it. It'll never go away. It, it, yeah, that's what it, that's what it felt like. I'll say. Uh, uh, a hard right-handed changeup. Whenever I, whenever I caught on two feet, Dude, whenever I caught on yes. two feet, if it was like sinking into the into my glove side, like it was just heavy, like a bowling ball on two feet, I would kind of struggle mm-hmm. with it. But once I switched to a uh, right knee down, then that was no problem. That was no problem. I will say that. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, a it, hard, like a, a hard 80, 86 mile an hour changeup from the right side is a tough one to catch. Who are you catching? It? Those are eighty six mile an hour changeups. So there's a buddy, another another buddy of mine, dude. He throws. He plays for the um, the Northern Colorado Owls. Another, um, he's an Atlantic yeah. guy. 
just left yesterday actually his name's jose he's that right if you look at our okay. page he's always throwing yeah so he'll th- he'll sit like 92 94 from the right side but his changeup dude is disgusting and he throws it from like 84 to 86 yeah man that's 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 hard it's yeah that's, filthy. that's tough that's tough all the <laughs> that's what i'm saying man I'm, i don't know how the, some of these pro guys catch some of these dudes man because they, they throw balls that look like wiffle balls and you're just like how the hell did you glove that and not break right. your freaking yeah thumb, like all the <laughs> i have no clue how they do all it. the armchair warriors who say like Get on two feet. Quit being lazy. How about you strap on one of these 86 one hour change-ups and see what you think? You probably want to be on a knee, too. Straight to, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no kidding, dude. It's insane, dude. It's insane. But, like, I, I see the stuff you're teaching, bro, and I see the way you go about teaching, and it's super thorough. It's super in-depth. It's super helpful and intuitive. It's just, like, the way you teach, you're a great personality on socials, bro, but everything you say is very much valuable in the knowledge is there. So I, I, I appreciate you because there's a lot of catchers these days that don't have that. I I appreciate you. Very much I appreciate you. I appreciate you greatly. All I try, really all I try and do is take a player and create a challenge that shows them what they're capable of. That's it. That's yeah, all that's, I try and that's do. That's the best way to do mm-hmm. it. That's all I try and do. Hell yeah, man. Yeah, so, so as we're as we're approaching the hour mark, brother, um, I, like I said, we appreciate having you on here. We're we're gonna get something going with you in person. You're pretty sick. I can I can I can feel that. it. But what let let the people know what's going on with Stronghold right now. Well, I'm setting up some clinics. Let the people I'm setting know. up some clinics. I'm training in Owensboro, Kentucky through the summer. Hopefully, gonna okay. be wearing it out. If uh, if any travel organization wants to have me to get their coaches and their catchers. Through the stronghold uh, principles, I would love to come out. I have a lot of travel organizations who who hit me up, and then I go and I stay with them for a day or two, work with their catchers. I love doing that. Um, my website has a like advanced receiving course, www.strongholdbaseball.com, and you can expect from me a go. ton more YouTube videos. I've got all kinds of YouTube videos that I've been shooting over the past few weeks that are going out. So more videos, Love it. training, check you, check for clinics and, and reach out if you'd like to have a clinic in your area. That's what the people. Yeah, man. Yeah. That's what they need, dude. People need stronghold catching in their lives. We got to get you down here to San Antonio. That's what's going to happen. Houston. We got, we got so many sweat. kids. Dude, Houston. Houston. Not Houston, dude. San Antonio. That's big. <laughs> Of San Antonio, Houston, San. You can come every. Hey, let's just take a Texas tour, dude. You know what? I like the sound of that, Elijah. I'm telling we you, we need man. to set up. We need to set up weekly calls where you uh, help. Uh, I just sit and pick your brain. You, yeah. Well, let me let me just say, oh, you, yeah, you got man. a good thing going with it with this podcast. I don't think people realize what it takes to put out a good quality podcast. I appreciate you. Well, I appreciate that, man. That's the thing. I got I get a lot of compliments on it, man. But we're doing we're doing a lot of great stuff over here at Baseball Express, man. We're we're really changing. I think we're we're kind of paving away for some new stuff. And this podcast is fun, dude, because it's not like it's not super biased. It's not we're not going for hot takes. We just love talking baseball with, with baseball dudes, man. So that's what we're doing. We're here. I'm here for it. Hell yeah, man. All right, brother. Like I said, thanks again yes. uh, for coming on, dude. I really appreciate it. I love chatting with you, talking baseball, dude. We could probably talk for hours at this yes. point, but but yeah, guys, this episode should be available on Wednesday, next Wednesday. So I think that's going to be on 
the 17th. So the 17th, this episode will be released. I'm super pumped for it. I might do like a special like social piece for that last one we did because there are some good chunks in there, bro. I want to get yeah, that out. Yeah, yeah. I, I remember we salvage. finished it and I was like, golly, how's he going to edit all that? All the, the, wi- <laughs> the Wi-Fi did not come to play that day. <laughs> they know, ma- it's one of those deals, mailed dude. it in when you yeah. need it it's not Mercy. there well I th- yeah today's been a blast today's been a blast i look forward hell to yeah it. dude yeah. hell yeah, yeah bro. this is a blast yeah. man but yeah so everyone thank you so much for watching thanks chase again for coming dude we really yes. appreciate it and everyone be sure to check out stronghold catching on instagram strongholdbaseball.com uh for the website check out all the seminars all his youtube channel what's the youtube channel man you gotta shout that one out you know what I think mm-hmm. stronghold baseball finally or stronghold baseball. Yeah. Stronghold catching. Yeah. Yes, sir. It'll pop up. Come on. <laughs> there you go. All right. But all right, guys, thank you so much for listening. We'll be sure to catch you in the next one. You guys stay safe. Thanks. Jason. Yeah, bro. See ya. For sure.